it went down. The level just went down. Oh, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. How many love the Word? Love the Word. Praise God. We love the Word. Amen. How many are believing the harvest is coming? How many be, how many be part of that harvest is your family? Yeah, 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 man. Let's talk for a minute about living in Thyatira. We, I mean, living in Ephesus. Last week we, last week we talked about living in Thyatira. This week, let's talk. And I'm not going through all seven churches. I might do one more. We'll see. But living in Ephesus, let's talk about the church in Ephesus. And you know what I'm talking about. Go to Revelation chapter two, verse eighteen. Ah. Uh, I'm going to try to talk fast, so y'all stay up, stay up, stay up, stay up. Praise God. Boy, it looks like another 200 Sunday. We praise God. I think Jesus is just making a point. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Mm -hmm. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot put up, cannot bear those who are evil. And you've tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Wow. Come on now, church. Next verse. What are we doing? And you have persevered and have patience. Isn't that what we've been preaching about? And have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Woo, glory to God. Come on. Nevertheless, uh-oh, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Mm, 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 mm. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, if you follow, if you come away, if you get away from loving Jesus, that's called a fall. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, do your first works. Go back to the beginning, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless, unless you repent. Can I get an amen? Unless you Repent. But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. I hate those Nicolaitans. <laughs> They're basically compromisers. Put that in a nutshell. Which I also hate. Father, bless this word as it goes forth and let it be effective in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Say, Amen. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who, to him who does what? We have to overcome, not just survive. Overcome, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay. Got to do some teaching, you okay? John the Revelator, right? John the Apostle is writing this from an island called Patmos. I don't know if you know where that is. We've got a map to show you, but he's writing. Do you recognize uh, uh, Turkey over here? And because I know your geography from that they don't teach anymore, apparently. And this is Greece, the Aegean Sea. 
Uh, here's Ephesus, but right, right over, I don't even know if it's in here, but right about here, right about up here is a tiny island called Patmos, and the Roman Empire used that island. What, what's the island off the west coast where they put Alcatraz? That was their Alcatraz. And they sent people. And now today, if you went to that little bitty island, there's 500 churches there. I think his influence was pretty, pretty strong. 500 churches on that little island. Must be like two, two people per church, but there's a lot. But John is at the, by the way, this is in like the 90s A.D., John was, uh, no, I'm sorry, this is the 70s A.D. John is in his 90s. He is the only apostle that was not martyred. Boiled in oil, but he was not martyred. He survived it. <clears throat> so, so he's left. All the apostles are dead. Uh, everyone probably that knew Jesus is dead. He's one of the, probably the only one that's left. You know what they used to say? They would bring him into church in his 90s, and they would carry him on a thing, and he'd sit on a chair, and they would just carry. He was so old, and, and they would carry him into the worship service, and he would just say, love one another. Love God. Love one another. That's all he would say, and the Holy Ghost would fall. How many believe the Holy Ghost would fall? I mean, there's just some tremendous stories. But he, but the Romans got nervous. In the, remember 70 A.D., Jerusalem is destroyed. The temple is destroyed, just like Jesus said it would. There's all kinds of political turmoil going on. You think we got turmoil now? Okay? Paul is dead. Peter's dead. They're all dead. The only one left is John, but the Roman Empire's nervous. So they take this old man, put him on the island of Patmos. But, um, but listen, it doesn't matter where the devil puts you. God will always find you. And the Holy Spirit found John on the island of Patmos and begins this revelation. And by the way, we think of revelation. We think, oh, it's the revelation of the last days. No. It's the revelation of Jesus. Remember, this is, this is uh, in the 70s A.D., this is like almost 40 years after Jesus died. And there's a whole new generation. And there's a lot of heresy and false stuff out there. And John says, I got a revelation of Jesus. I mean, he knew Jesus personally and still got a revelation. Because the Jesus who walked with the apostles is not the same Jesus who's ruling and railing, reigning on the right hand of the Father right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus. That's enough to speak in tongues. So he writes because he's bishop of these seven churches. Ephesus is the leading city, it is on par with Rome. And population-wise, probably 200,000 people in Ephesus. And, uh, and Alexandria and Egypt, these are the three major cities, Ephesus, Rome, Alexander. And he's right there, and, uh, and he's the bishop, and he's over these seven churches. And he writes a letter from Patmos to these seven churches that are in Asia, what we would call Turkey right now. 
And the first one he writes to is Ephesus. And he says something interesting. He says, you need to repent, do your first works, or I'll remove your lampstand. And something there, after all these years, I never saw before, but it doesn't say whether the lampstand is even lit or not. It's like Jesus puts a lampstand in every church and says, if you're faithful, I'll light it. How many want the lampstand lit? <laughs> so, so it can be lit, but it, but it also can be completely removed. God, in these last days, he's removing lampstands from churches. And the presence of God is no longer there. The message is to seven churches, God's complete number. It's really a complete message, and it's, it's all red letter. It's Jesus actually talking, not just to those seven churches, but he's talking to us today. Some people have interpreted this, by the way, as seven ages of the church, the last age being the age we're in, the age of the Laodicean church. But, but there's, so there's a number of different ways of, of interpreting this. But this, this letter to Ephesus is the first letter, and it's important that we get this because too many of us are, have gotten really tired and wore out. And we're talking about resilience Come on, don't die on me now. You were good earlier. We're talking about resilience and all that stuff. But, but Jesus comes along and says, I know your works. I know you've been working. I know, you know, he's talking to those who haven't quit. He's talking to those who have been working all through this COVID thing. He's talking to people that have, that have braved it and worked it and they're still working, but we're tired. And, but, but you know what? He's even talking to people that aren't tired anymore. He's talking to people that aren't, that aren't weary, but he says, you've lost your first love. You, there are Christians who have worked through it and know how to work through anything, but if you lose your first love, what does it mean to lose your first love? It, it, it's, it's like you're talking more about him than you're talking to him. It's, it's that you're going through the motions, but you, you're forgetting the why. Don't ever forget the why of what you're doing. I've told you this story before. As, just as a young Christian, newly called to the church, I was there with the pastor, and I was cleaning the church. And he was there. I was doing the cleaning. He was doing the, I don't know, he wasn't cleaning but we got to talking a little bit, and, I, and by the way, these moments are rare. I never, really, I never really ever had a pastor in my life. But we got to talking a little bit, and he said something that offended me. Because <laughs> back then I got offended, but I don't get offended anymore. But here, here's what he said. He says, if I lost my joy, I would just quit. And I thought, you wimp. We got to serve God whether we feel the joy or not. We got, and I got all attitude. No, I didn't say anything to him. But in my spirit, I'm like, but you know what he was saying? If I lost my joy, if I'm not in love with Jesus anymore, 
what is the point of doing what I'm doing if I've lost my purpose? If what I'm doing is drudgery, quit doing it and get right with Jesus. If it's just a burden, I think maybe you ought to resign and get right with Jesus. Lord, I'm going to regret saying that. Lord, help us. So he writes this letter to Ephesus, and this is especially a blessing because I've been there. I've been to Ephesus, and they're, they're, un, they're unearthing it, and it's, it's just amazing. And it used to, it's very, it used to be a, 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 a coastal city. It had a beautiful harbor. A little, a little river like came in there, then this huge harbor, and it was a trading center for the empire between east and west. Very important city. But then over time, it silted up, and now Ephesus is almost a mile away from the ocean, and Ephesus died as a leading city uh, a, few, you know, a century or two after, after John. But I've been there, and, I, and I've walked the actual streets that Paul walked on. And the, and the temple is there. And I've been in the Colosseum. We got a picture of the Colosseum. I, I've been in seats. That Colosseum seats up to 25,000 people. There it is. I've been there. That might be me right there. Just a trucking, just going through the Colosseum. I've been right in that Colosseum, and boy, I had chills up and down my spine because I knew right on the ground where I was standing, people got fed to lions, and they died for their faith right there. I stood on that ground and just felt the presence of God in that huge Colosseum, one of the largest, not as big as Rome, but, but one of the largest in the world. They've re, they dug it all out of the ground and got it back. One of the greatest things that blessed me, do you mind if I share this? When, uh, it doesn't matter if you do. All right. One of the greatest experiences, I was walking down the street, and they, they had the streets, and then they had the, what's left of these buildings on either side. And I was walking through the, through the area of the, you know, like the, uh, uh, the, the marketplace, and I looked down on the sidewalk, and I saw really vague, I saw a fish carved, in, carved into the sidewalk. Because when you were a Christian business, what you did was you didn't advertise that, but you put a little fish out on the sidewalk. And all the other Christians in the city, remember 200,000 population, everyone else in the city that's a Christian, they knew that bakery or whatever it is is a Christian bakery. And I stood there on that fish and just, I don't know what the tour guide thought, but I was, oh, I was having a Jesus moment. I mean, that thing was, that, thing was, that fish is 2,000 years old. Right there in that building was a Christian, whatever kind of business it was. He, he was serving the Lord, loving the Lord, amen, under threat of his life, losing his life, persecution, but he's still baking the bread and loving Jesus, amen. Give God praise if you know what I'm saying, amen. Woo. If you want to know how the church started, okay, but go to Acts chapter 19. I don't have time to go back. I'm not going to read all that, but that's when Paul first came to Ephesus, and he begins the church there. Remember, he worked a lot of miracles. Remember, that's where his handkerchiefs were healing people. By handkerchiefs, I don't mean the little pocket thing. you put. I mean, probably his apron. Probably, probably, how many know Paul worked on the side? 
He was a tent maker. He was a craftsman. So he, you know, he probably what probably his sweat rags or whatever he used to wash his hands with, he'd throw them away. Someone would grab them and they'd get healed. <laughs> That's an anointing. That's a tangible anointing when you can touch someone, touch something that someone touched, and you be healed by it. <laughs> Is that real, Pastor? Well, it's in the Bible. Watch my jacket, brother. Don't let anyone steal my <laughs> I don't know if you'll get anything out of that. <laughs> but this was the temple of Artemis. Um, that's the Greek goddess. She was called um, Diana. There she is. And this was a major cult figure. She's the god of goddess of fertility and prosperity. It's the same God we worship today. And it's kind of weird. She, she had like, I don't know, 15 or 20 breasts. I didn't count them. I'm just saying. I just felt awkward. I, I, I didn't count them. <laughs> but there's a lot. They're all over the place, okay? And, and, and it's symbolic of her. <laughs> I didn't even know if I could finish the sermon now. <laughs> Say amen. I don't know why that bothers me. <laughs> Bless you, Diana, I tell you. So they worship the goddess of fertility, the goddess of prosperity. Come on. And, and aren't we still doing that today? This is the, Ephesus was where, um, where they burned all those books. And they said in today's money, it would have been over a million dollars in books and magazines, whatever the stuff they had, and it was all destroyed there. Wow. Now that's a book burning. All their stuff, because that, what does that mean? That means Jesus is making inroads. This is where they tried to cast that demon out in Paul's name. And the demon said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And those demons jumped all over. Remember that? So a lot of amazing things happened there. Uh, and, 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 and then there was the riot. There was the riot because the goldsmiths and the silversmiths got upset because they weren't making any more of these things. <laughs> Come on. They were losing money. That's why the world is so upset today. Let me, let me let you in on a secret. It's not so much about abortion rights. It's about, it's about the abortion industry. Come on, church. Follow the money. <laughs> What's his name? Takes over Twitter. What's his name? Bless Elon Musk. Uh, we're going we're gonna to call him a saint, Saint Musk. <laughs> Taking over Twitter, and, they, and, and they're just freaking out because they, were, because they had the power to shut some of our people down 
I don't want to get into the politics of it, but they were even getting into the religious thing. How many know they want to shut the church down? They want their idols. They want to make their money, and they don't want any competition. Hallelujah. And they get mad, and they have riots. Listen, we haven't seen the end of riots. And people are going to be angry and upset because they're making money on their gods. And here comes Jesus and changes everything. i, I got to give you some scripture. Acts chapter 17, uh, verse 29. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devices. Listen, quit worshiping what's in the world. So I don't bow down to anything. If you put it in front of Jesus, you're worshiping it. Revelation chapter 18, very important. In the last days, he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon, that's the financial system, is fallen, is fallen. It's become a dwelling place of demons, a prison. They're not, they're not, it's not about making money. It's about enslaving people in this system. Every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Demons, demons. We got more? For all the nation, all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Wow, wow. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her. You want to talk about the mark of the beast? I don't have time. But it's time to get out of her. You say, is it this? Listen, it's no one specific thing, but it's an attitude that says, I, 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 if, if, if I have to, I've got to compromise. I've got to make a living. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. Do you? Come out of her. Come out of her. Whatever, whatever it is, I mean, we could go all the way back to the computer, WWW. Do you realize what WWW is in the Greek, don't you? Six, six, I mean Hebrew, six, six, six. And here I am preaching out of an iPad. Oh, forgive me, Jesus. But that's the beginning of it. It's not one particular thing, but it's a mindset that we've got to keep Jesus first. Mm. And if you don't, you'll receive her plagues. How many know we've been plagued lately? For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered, remembered her iniquity. Verse 22, the sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. No craftsman, and that word craftsman in the Greek is techno. It's where we get the word technology. So no technology of any technological thing shall be found in you anymore. How many know God could crash technology with just one little asteroid? Don't get, don't, don't get all wrapped. Where's the Internet? Oh, just chill. How many remember when there wasn't an Internet? Anybody remember that? How did we survive? 
We had one phone in the house, and it had a cord. You know what I hate about today's phones? You can't, you can't hang up on people mad. Like, <laughs> I remember when you could slam the phone down. Ha! That's what I'm talking about. How many remember when it was hard to take a picture? You had to have a camera. And you had to put film in it. How many remember film? You had to go buy film. And you can take 24 pictures. Now you do it. Now you take 24 pictures in a second. We were careful about what pictures we took. Mm-hmm. It cost money. We keep it, there's a little button on there that said 22, 23. <laughs> My mom was terrible. She'd, man, she'd do that. She'd keep that thing for a year. We finally got to 24. Time to bring it in. Remember that? And you had to go turn in that little tube. Uh-huh. And you had to wait a week. And you'd come back and you get to go through your pictures half of which were blurry. <laughs> Those were the days. Cameras. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Romans 2.4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the Goodness of God leads you to repentance. Listen, I don't want to be totally negative here, but I want you to hear something. All, all through Romans, the, the latter part of chapter 1 and then into chapter 2, listen, if you want to know what's evil, read that. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8 and 9, and it lists the sins that are not going to heaven. Come on. So, well, uh, uh, you know, that's not in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, it's in the Bible. But in the midst of all that, read, read, read chapter 1, the latter part after the greetings. And, and Paul just, man, Paul, Paul can be an old-timey preacher. Paul knew how to ha. And if you do that, I tell you, God will tell you. I could do it. Huh? And the old timers could get on the clothesline and talk about what you're wearing. Huh? I tell you, if you, some of you ladies, huh? if you were living 30 years ago, huh? we'd have to turn you out of the church. All that jewelry, huh? all those pants. Except for Star, the only godly woman left in the church. If the rapture occurred right now, Star would be the only woman. I'm sorry. It was their fault. Are you with me? I got saved in that atmosphere. 
that that legalistic, yeah, and and we just, you know, I think they always preached it because nobody in the church was doing it, but it all made them feel good because they're not doing it. And but listen, I know sometimes you got to preach the truth and you got to preach what is sin and what is not sin. I understand that, but in the midst of all that, in the midst of all that. Paul says, oh, by the way, did you not know it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance? Amen. And that word repentance means to change your mind. If we're going to change the mind of this wicked, evil, idolatrous world, it's not just preaching guilt and condemnation. I'll tell you what it is. It's the goodness of God that will change their minds to see the love of Jesus through God's people. That's what's going to change their mind. Oh, somebody help me preach. Ha! If that helps. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 5. How many are still here? Who is this one? Look at her now. Look at her. This is Jesus looking at, her, at his church. She arises out of her desert, hmm. clinging to her beloved. Is anybody getting this? When I awakened you under the apple tree... As you were feasting upon me, I awakened your innermost being with the travail of birth as you longed for more of me. It gets dicey here. Y'all stay with me. You thought Diana was bad. Why? Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame, talking about Jesus, will seal you as my prisoner of love. Woo! My passion is stronger than the chains of death. And didn't we just sing that? All consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. In God good, rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. Take this scripture home and read it and read it. and re We talk about the love of God like it's some kind of mamby-pamby thing. I love you. Jesus isn't a hippie. Come on, from an old Jesus freak, take it from me. When we talk about all the sins of the earth, he said, well, where's the love of God? Let me tell you, he loves you so much, he's willing to burn that out of you. Whatever it takes, he wants you to experience the love of God. It's a consume. Our God is a consuming fire, and the fire is not just about judgment. It's about the love of God that doesn't want you to go to hell. Is anybody helping me in this house? We'll stop it. The message would be shorter. All right, I, I got to wrap this up. <laughs> 
I got to find a place to land. Amen. I don't see an airport. I don't even see a landing light. I see nothing. Here's what Jesus told him. You've left your first love. Some of us are not wore out, but we've lost the fire. Some of us are not wore out, but we've lost our first love. Repent and endure in love until he comes back for us. Church, please listen to me. If the enemy can steal your joy, he's pretty much got you. He doesn't have to get you to go back to a bar. Please say amen. He doesn't have to get you to, no, he doesn't have to get you. He just has to steal your joy, steal your love. Do all the work you want. If you do it for the wrong reason, it won't be effective anyway. Where's the love of God? And we see, worship, we see love in two ways. Love God and love each other. Love God, that's worship. Come on. And love worship. You know what the praise, you, listen, you're praising God when your hands are raised. You're worshiping God when your back is bowed. One's not great in the other, but we've got to know how to worship him. And, and what about loving each other? People say it all the time, oh, I love you. Well, I guess so. You can't go to heaven. You do realize you have to love everybody, right? Even your enemies. But don't just say you love everybody. Why don't you sign up with the Andersons here and let's put it to use. Let's send a car. Let's make a phone call. Let's visit a hospital room. Come on. Come on, church. Let's love somebody. Let's prove it. Let's go beyond just giving someone a handshake or a hug, but let's, let's find out what they're really feeling. How they're, hey, man, you know, I, we don't ever want to make it about me, but I appreciated that when the ladies, well, I guess there were some guys who came up and started praying for me. I, I appreciate that. We need that, but not just for the pastor. You need that for the person next to you other than your spouse. Well, your spouse too. <laughs> but we, we need... We need to be. We need to stop avoiding people in in the, in the aisles at Walmart, and, and, and start just saying, "Hey, man!" And instead of just saying, "How are you?" Really mean it. I know you might be stalled for half an hour as they tell you all their troubles, but in the midst of it, praise God. In the midst of it, shoot arrows of of blessing and prayer. Amen. In the midst of it, give them some good advice if you can. If not, just let them know you're there. You love them. You're praying for them. And then really, we need to love each other, pastor each other, care for each other. And finally, we need to worship each other. I mean, worship you know, you heard the singer? He says, worship, worship me as I sing. You heard? Wrong. But that's kind of the way it is sometimes. Are you hearing me? 
I want you to look at Zechariah 14 and 17. This is interesting. Zechariah. And it shall be. This is during the millennium. How many know what the millennium is? How many know there's been six days, 6,000 years so far? I don't care what the evolutionists say. Since Adam, 6,000 years, six days, how many days are left in the week? That last week will last another 1,000 years. It's called the millennium, and Jesus will be boss. He'll rule and reign, and it shall be in that day that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain, no worship, no rain. We sometimes say, God, why didn't you bless me? He hadn't heard from you in 20 weeks. He only hears from you when you got a problem. No worship, no rain. In other words, you need that relationship. The greater your relation, the more time. It's not just about being here on Sunday morning. It's about worshiping him. Getting alone with him. Shutting the phone off. It's about quit crying over how many likes you got on Facebook. It's about just shutting everything off and just me and Jesus. No worship, no rain. How many want the rain? No worship, no rain. Y'all know Second Chronicles 7.14 by heart, don't you? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. But listen, don't get lost on that word humble in the Hebrew. It's actually one of the seven words for worship. If they will humble, if they will bow down, if they will worship me and pray. Oh, come on, church. Are you getting this? If they will worship me. Stand to your feet. If they will. You need to start living in the first love. You need to get back to your first life. First love. You need to get back to it. Check yourself out. Is it like it was when you first got saved? I'm not, I'm not just talking about zeal. I'm talking about your passion for him. Oh, do you love him still? The Holy Spirit already met with us in a powerful way. I, I think he's already demonstrated again and again. He loves us. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter anyone else's opinion of you. He loves you. (laughs) Would you come to the altar and have a meal with him? Would you come and have a meal with him? If you need prayer, come to the center. We'll pray with you. We already had an altar. But let's spend just a few more minutes and let's worship. Don't, don't, Don't leave just yet. Can you worship him? Just five minutes. Jesus